0: I have a plan for the intro. All
1: right, I'm ready to go. My level's up.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Chopping It Down podcast (laughs) featuring your dynamic duo, Dan and Critical Zeon. (laughs) What's up, bro? I
1: am feeling a little critical today
0: yeah i know <laughs> ever since you walked in this darn building hey,
1: yeah i'm doing good though how about you
0: i'm doing great that's what's up so who do we got in the in the studio today z
1: um we have a talented young would you call yourself an actress Yeah, okay talented young actress <laughs> Sorry. uh slash model Question mark. inspiring Okay. On the side. Okay. On the side, a little. Yeah. A yeah. Little, um, a little this. A little that. Yeah. Go ahead. Why don't you in- introduce yourself?
2: Yeah. So hey guys, my name is Maite Harge. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited. It's my first podcast. Ooh. Um. Common right theme. Here?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Common theme for our guests. Yeah.
2: yeah. Nice. I love it. I love it. Hopefully the first of many more. Maybe just a couple more. Maybe many more. <laughs> Maybe. I have a few friends with podcasts. So like now. I like this setup so Weird. i'm hoping for more
0: yeah absolutely but, and um, so Xion, how how did you meet my because uh, i know how i oh okay
1: I, <laughs> t- <laughs> I just i don't know why but i followed her on instagram through i probably saw her being posted through mark Kim potentially and mm. decided to follow gotcha. um
2: well, actually, I'm not sure. I feel like I might have followed you first because I knew, oh, yeah, I I knew I, of you as a photographer, but I can't remember.
1: Oh, okay. I don't remember either. We'll but, just,
2: we'll say we, we followed each other mutually. Correct.
1: So that, there that we works. go. Yeah, that you're, works.
0: you're the one that set up this interview. I was like, yeah. I had no idea she wanted to do the show. <laughs> right. Cause... And then Zeon told me, oh, I, I got someone named Maite. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Maite hard And he, she was like, yeah. I was like, bet. Yeah. I know her. Don't tell her, though, that it's me. And lo and behold, she didn't know until she saw me.
1: I definitely did tell her. But... You did? You <laughs> did <laughs> know, yeah. He told oh. me, but he waited. Oh,
2: God. yeah. Because
0: yeah. yeah,
2: If I didn't know when I saw you, I would have been really confused. Exactly.
1: <laughs> that's... You
3: not no, her. that's why I wanted
1: to tell her. So that way she knows like who the partner is. What if know, I didn't culprit. like you? Exactly. <laughs> Damn. Nah. She would have rolled up
0: like, I I oh, pulled up.
2: I would have been like, nope, not today. Bye. <laughs>
0: No, I'm just cause kidding. Cause I, know, I know Maite from high school. I was a freshman, so he was a senior, and we were in the same musical. Yes, sir. And lo and behold, we were pretty much co-stars at that point. Yeah. I was... Yes. I forgot the name of your character. I, I remember mine. It was Starbuck. It yep. Was 110 in the shade.
2: Yes. Was I was
0: Lizzie. Lizzie. Oh, my goodness. What's her last name? I forgot. It's, was it Curry? Yes. Yes. Was it? Okay.
2: it was Curry. Yes. Lizzie Curry. Oh, my goodness. Yep, but nice. we also know each other from more than just high school oh yes we worked together at camp yep we worked for together a Natasha, for a few summers oh my you goodness art wait, actually i'm just remembering when i ran into you at camp that was so funny
0: yeah you were the you were the art director at the time i
2: yeah. don't think no wait because weren't you a camper you were a cit the first time i saw you and oh, then the must, next yeah oh, okay then i yep, don't remember that so you forgot yeah and was then 15, you were a counselor so then you were a counselor and then <laughs> I forget what you were doing. You were doing something and I was behind you. And I'm just like, what is this kid doing? Like, he's I can tell he's going to be a pain in the butt. And then he
0: turns around.
2: I, was, I was like, Dan, what the heck?
0: And He's still a pain in the butt to this day. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's Good so, ass
2: character, though.
0: Yeah. So I'm glad that you're here. Um, Thank you. So we're here to talk about you. We're here to talk about your theater experience. <laughs> you know, you're super talented. You've been in a few shows. Raising in the Sun, Greece, Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, but his when... research. <laughs> I'm impressed. Wow. So when um did you get into theater and what re- really got you into doing it?
2: I mean, I've always been interested in performing. It's very strange though, because I didn't start until like a lot later than like theater kids usually do. Um I think the thing that really got me. It's kind of, my first love really was acting, even though I loved music too and I was singing before I was ever acting. But I've always wanted to act and it was probably from watching Disney Channel. I was a huge Disney nerd growing up. My show was uh, Lizzie McGuire. So I wanted to have my own show like Lizzie McGuire. And honestly, I think there was a couple episodes where there was like a drama club in that TV show. And I didn't know what that was and as that um progressed i'm like wow like there's this thing called theater and people do it in school i want to do that too but you know growing up in waterbury at the time not many schools especially like elementary schools did like had a theater department so i didn't even really start i thought i was gonna start before i even got into high school because i went to parochial private school for middle school and then that school closed in seventh grade but then there was another parochial private school that offered to take in our seventh graders because most of them went to school with each other since kindergarten so they wanted them to have the option to all graduate together so i went to that school and they were supposed to have like a show every single year or at least two um and i was told like they would do it but then i went and that whole year they didn't do a single show i didn't hear anything about auditions i was so upset like that was literally the one thing i was looking forward to and they didn't do it but um my first show was um yeah it was a it was a kennedy high school student theater production um it was two gentlemen of verona which is based off of the play by william shakespeare but they redid it and they set it to music and then after that I did another show at Kennedy but it was over the summer and at the time I didn't realize what exactly it was I was doing I just thought like you know I did think it was a little strange that like my high school was doing a show during summer and then I realized like there were people in the show who didn't go to Kennedy and there were actually children in the show
3: oh okay
2: and then eventually I realized that community theater was a thing yes and very so big. technically like that was my first like non like extracurricular like show that wasn't linked to a school even though it was still kind of linked to school right but then after that I started looking into like community theaters, and I realized there were a couple in the area. So after, I believe that sophomore year after the summer after my freshman year. That's when I did my first like true like community theater show um, through like the community and not the school. Where was doing that? it was ever
0: that since. It
2: was in Thomaston, okay. the Thomaston Opera House at the I mean, it's still the Thom- Thomaston Opera House, but it's um, owned by Landmark Community Theater now before it's just Thomaston Opera House. And then it closed down for a bit. okay. But that was Mame. Uh, my sophomore year of high school that was not my most favorite show to do (laughs) it's not my least favorite show to do but it wasn't one of my best but you know it was it was an experience and i've been hooked ever since
0: yeah so what's your favorite musical slash play and what's your least favorite that
2: i've been in or you've been in oh okay um I'll start off with my least favorite because that's hands down bring in the morning that was before you showed up at kennedy oh okay and it was it was such a disappointment because it was a replacement for a show that i was super excited about i had never heard of it before mr collins introduced me to the show and it's to this day is my favorite musical of all time my dream role And that's elton john and tim rice's aida the disney musical that is my uh that that's my bread and butter like (laughs) if i could play aida once like my life will be complete and we did the show and i got cast as aida which like being cast in a role in high school and like in my entire career in general is difficult but even in high school because there was um there was another person in high school who usually got a lot of the leads and she was Mainly because like I mean she was good, but also she was there longer, so
0: right. a little more. Ex- uh, a little I would, bit. I more... wouldn't say experience, but I would say when it, like being a veteran, you know, right? You kinda, and like kinda... Mr. Collins
2: knew her; she knew he knew what she could do and whatnot. Right. So like at first it was difficult because like he didn't know what I can do as much, and then like towards senior year he knew what I could do. Then that's when I got like my first lead role, but yeah, so I got cast as Aida and we didn't have enough people but especially guys so uh, i was like no nah, yeah, you know that what?
0: A, a problem this in isn't
2: high this isn't and it, i mean it is in, the, in theater in general there's just an oversaturation of women and not as much men that's why like for men to be in this industry it's a lot easier not that it's easy but right. it's much easier than for women um But at that point, I was like, no, this isn't happening. You know, like I've manifested this. I worked so hard for this. I put together a preview for like for them, the show at the morning announcements to advertise for like auditions and everything. I'm like, no, I'm not letting this go this easy. (laughs) So I literally like scouted so many guys to do this show. I'm like, please, we need this. Like, I need this show. Just like give it a chance. And I got like a decent amount of guys to show up for like the first rehearsal. But then they didn't show up for the next rehearsal. Oh. And so Mr. Collins is like, yeah, no, we're not doing this. We have to replace it. Ouch. And it got replaced with this terrible, awful show called Spring in the Morning. My, I went from playing Aida, a Nubian princess, to playing Letitia. Oof. And let's just say it was a much less successful version of like in the Heights by oh, okay. Miranda just but yeah I feel, I
0: feel <laughs> like I've heard of it I've never seen anything on it but I've, I've definitely heard the name before I'd, I'd
2: never heard of it before when he introduced it but like you know Collins was really good well actually I think he got a lot better with it after I graduated because he started to like catch on he didn't like to do well-known shows
0: No, he did not. (laughs) I didn't hear it. I was in four shows in high school, one each year, and prior to I think the only one that I knew of was Spamalot. Mm. But other than that, nothing else I've ever heard of.
2: Well, I mean, that might be due to maybe like I know you're a fan of theater, but I feel like maybe not as like intensely as I was. No, absolutely not. So like the shows that he that I would hear of him doing were surprising for me being right. a theater person so maybe you didn't necessarily recognize them but like i did and even those were surprising for him to do and it was extremely frustrating especially being like my first few like encounters with theater because i was like yes i'm finally like i have a theater department i can play all these shows that i've always wanted to play in audition and hopefully get the roles but then i realized that the reason he did it was because a he had to budget wise right yeah the, licensing is expensive right And b we didn't have the interest in kennedy at all as i'm sure yeah we found out
0: yeah it definitely was i think that was probably the biggest challenge of doing plays and musicals in high school is just finding people to do them
2: yeah absolutely and
0: having people be confident enough in their singing ability being on stage and i think it's just gotten slightly it's just, it hasn't gotten worse because obviously like you go to a play in high school now and they want to be it but it's like you you just get it because you're here mm-hmm. it's not so much of a fight for the right. for the lead role anymore it's right. like oh you want to be the it's lead role it's not as well, competitive yeah there's no one else to do it so here you go and, right and you don't usually don't get the best performance right. out of that so i have definitely felt that experience before but... <laughs> Now, did you ever go to, like, the Halo Awards for I high school? Did you ever perform there? I did.
2: I think, I'm not sure if I went every single year, but almost, if not. Um, and I actually, I was nominated senior year for um, Best Lead Actress. I did not win, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to, but I did not. But usually the case with award shows, it's like, it's more so the role than it is the performance. The performance plays like a part in it, but more so than anything, it's the role. Yeah, Um,
0: usually we don't get like the biggest plays or well-known musicals. Exactly, exactly. The only year that I remember that Kennedy got something was first man a lot it was really? we got we got best supporting for the two guards that played
2: really that's so. awesome see like we would kind of get like i don't want to i don't want to like downgrade it as like a like a participation award but like every single year we would always get the fearless award for like doing the <laughs> for shows doing the... <laughs> no one else would do yeah I remember it was that. like actually these are the shows nobody else really kind of wanted to do but right. we didn't have a choice but they made it like they're fearless or whatever so we would always get the fearless yeah, award which is cool it. i
0: you mean know? yeah we got some recognition some yeah, schools for right. like nothing and it's like got...
2: it is valid like a lot of the shows we we did i mean we would do good with what we had, right, you know exactly um but i did win a halo award my freshman year so that was like kind of my crowning glory oh nice i won it, it was a double win um still oh, but you know nice. it was um we won and i mean double as in two different schools won the category like yeah gotcha. but it's like technically it was four people because it was best um what is it like best best couple in a musical or something like that oh, okay. or most uh best chemistry in a musical or something like that um so i won that for two gentlemen of verona oh nice with my um opposite in that show so that was very fun and cool
0: cool awesome um so you're in the theater industry still still working as much as you can
2: as much as i can you know with covid there's not much of anything going on unfortunately yeah
0: we were just gonna ask you like how has covid affected the theater industry in your perspective
2: um devastatingly honestly um and it is it it It's rough for me right now because I did like take the time out even before COVID happened to really focus on working so that I can be able to invest in like, like lessons and workshops and stuff to uh, sharpen my craft and my skills. And that was just a huge struggle and journey in and of itself. Um, so it had been like a year or two before my last show, actually a year before uh, pandemic happened, because my last show was in 2018. I was in Legally Blonde. Oh, wow. Um. Yeah. So it's like my theater withdrawal slash post-show depression is like, it's strong. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of people aren't doing anything in the theater industry. Like, obviously, Broadway's closed right now. So, like, all of, like, all of the Broadway stars I follow on Instagram and everything, they're, like, they're itching to get back to performing. And people like them, like, they can teach, like, workshops and stuff and make money on the side. Or they'll do, like, virtual performances and stuff, cabarets, things like that. But when it comes to, like, the smaller grade community theaters, like, they definitely can't really do much and i mean they might be able to start a little something here and there because they're not as like populated as broadway theaters obviously but in those cases then it's the budgeting that comes into place like yeah they can have fewer people and still do stuff but that means less money yeah in order to afford the royalties and the costumes and props and crew Mm -hmm. and set building yeah
0: same prices for uh to put on a show but you're not breaking in as much money as you would like to right
2: in which case you would need to up the price and tickets and Mm. people probably won't go for that you know it's hard enough to get an interest as it is much less to charge like double the ticket price like they're still
1: charging they're still um they're still doing like you know sports are starting to to come back into play yeah um and then they still have you know restaurants are starting to open Mm -hmm. movie theaters are starting to open they're Mm -hmm. still doing they're still on sets doing you know uh movies and and tv shows so like how does that make you feel do you feel like oh maybe we could you know try to work it out some way you know do covid tests
2: um honestly like I don't think about it too much right now, just mainly because I'm just focused on like, I'm starting my own business on the side right now. So I'm still in like, save money grind to be able to like, perfect my skills mindset. Mm. But honestly, I don't know, like, I just, I know theater is so different. Like even with movies, like that does make me hopeful. It's so, Like if I were in a position where I could submit for like, smaller like student films or indie films like i can do that and it's generally safe as long as like everybody's tested but like live theater is live theater yeah it's so different you have so much less control over like the people who show up and whether or not they're clean whether or not they're super precautious or not like you can't control that the way you can on a movie set um and also with like as far as like restaurants, movie theaters and places opening, it's like I personally feel not that it's too soon because like people seem to be doing good. But it's just like we have a huge like it, it's flea season. We haven't had covid for a full year yet, so nobody knows how this is going to react And currently, like, the numbers are climbing back up to where they were Mm. when it started. And nobody's really talking about it either. And that's scary. Yeah, You know, so I'm just like, honestly, though, COVID has and the pandemic has been good for me because as much as I love theater, there are many, many ways that it has not been good for me. And I realize that as well as like working, obviously. But I realized like having the time to just focus on me over a pandemic and not like constantly beating myself up about whether or not I'm talented enough or whether or not I can take the lessons that I need to become talented enough or whether I'm working hard enough, not having to do that has been so good for me. Yeah. Like, because I don't have, I don't really have anything to aspire to right now. I mean, I do, but I don't. So I'm like-
0: So it's more just of yourself.
2: Yeah. It's like worth
0: and and knowing what that is yeah exactly no i totally agree you know going into this industry it's you're just improving yourself to imp- to impress other people right when it, it's at the end of the day that's what it is right so that you get the roles so not having to do that will definitely make you look and be like oh my gosh like right. what have i become <laughs> right you know so that, it's that's definitely
2: good. like the antithesis of like everything that life tells you that you should do you know like don't compare yourself to others your self-worth isn't doesn't amount to somebody else's view of you but just like it kind of does because whether or not i get the job is based solely on whether or not somebody else likes me Mm -hmm. you know and it's so based on looks and things like that so it's just like being in this industry is just tough you have to have a thick skin uh and just it's tough period but especially being a brown woman a black and a brown woman it's even rougher so
0: yeah i can imagine yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can only imagine um so what makes a a play slash musical more appealing than a movie because obviously you know you're an actress mm-hmm. if you wanted to you probably could use your skill set that you learn and go audition for a movie role mm-hmm. what makes uh being on stage more appealing
2: I mean, I wouldn't say it's more appealing. Like, I love both, honestly. I would probably say equally. Um, I did, for the first time, I think it was the year before my last show, if not the year of. The year before my last show, I played in my first straight play ever. And I loved it. I was, like, surprised that I loved it so much, but it was so much fun. It was, like, um, it was an Agatha Christie and then there were none, so it was kind of like a whodunit almost. Okay, I um, love with, mysteries
3: like that. Yeah, it's but so cool. not so
2: much, like, audience participation as a whodunit, but it was just, it was really cool. And then after that, I did A Raisin in the Sun, um, and, like, that cast was just amazing. That was, like, hands down the best experience ever. One of my favorite shows, especially straight plays. Um So, I mean, like I personally, I think I love both straight plays, musicals, and movies and TV shows all equally, but just in different ways. But I just think as far as the differences between a musical, a live like musical theater and like a movie would probably just be the energy. I think. Uh, if somebody even if they were to see a movie musical like they go to the theater they'll have a good time they'll leave they'll forget about it when you're in a theater like you feel that energy like resonate with you like it's like it's coursing through your body and your veins It's a whole experience it's a lot harder to just like walk away from and just like put it to the wayside and forget about it compared to a movie and it's like knowing that these are real people in front of you and like they have to have energy in order to perform for you and knowing I think audiences recognize the hard work that we put in towards like giving them a good time for an hour and a half two hours so I think that that helps to just knowing that somebody went through so much effort to do this for me to put on a show for me to make sure I had a good time for a night I think that that also contributes to some of the magic of life theater.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I've had the, I've been fortunate enough to see Hamilton in person and on <laughs> uh, Disney Plus. So jealous. And wait, 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 wait,
2: wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. <laughs> I can ask you who was the cast? Was it or, the
2: original Broadway cast?
0: It, it was not the original Broadway okay. cast. The only original... I would have
2: jumped over this table if it was.
0: <laughs> the, right. only, the only original members were George Washington, Christopher <sighs> Jackson. It was How Peggy. How amazing
2: is he, though?
0: He's literally my favorite part of the show. His, <sighs> his closing number as George Washington yeah. is <sighs> probably my favorite. Song in the whole. His the whole voice soundtrack. is like yeah, his butter. voice it's just for sure. Epic. <laughs> it's so <laughs> epic and, and smooth. It's so effortless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even like that. It's not even like range-wise. Like he doesn't even like sing too high. Yeah, right. but like what he it's does. It's his flexibility
2: do. though. Like the control he has, it's mm-hmm. insane, and the power behind it, it's yeah. really insane. Yeah, it's Fun a lot fact: of power. I um, did a little. Oh, uh, well, it wasn't really a little. It was three days, so it's kind of a big deal. But I did a. um workshop in the city called Broadway Artists Alliance and part of that program was like you get taught like a master class by somebody who has performed on Broadway and he was not my teacher unfortunately but my teacher was just as amazing but he taught one of the other like age groups um, in that workshop and the person who taught my workshop actually is really funny because when I auditioned for the workshop I was obviously in the city right? and I, whenever I'm in the city, I try to see like a show on student rush or the lottery. And I won the lottery to see a show that was on at the time called Chaplin. Oh, which okay. Didn't last very long, unfortunately, because it was amazing. But the woman who was in that show um, played one of the reporters and she was amazing. And I spoke with her at the stage door afterwards. Ended up being my teacher for that master class. Oh like, wow! Oh, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> and she said I had a kick-ass voice, so I'm a little proud of that. I'm not you gonna do. Lie. Yeah, for <laughs> so. you have a nice voice. Oh, so I'll you. Tell you that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm where's, sorry, where's I where's where's I interrupted your um, question, but I wanted to slip that in there. Yeah, no, that's <laughs>
0: fine. I mean, you know, seeing you know a movie and a live theater performance, you, you kind of have to take the the live theater performance as it is because mm-hmm. it could change mm-hmm. you know they can that change too. it up if they want mm-hmm. which makes it a very unique experience too you know right. you go see a movie you're seeing the same movie as everyone else but who knows maybe right. the next time you see a show you know someone could fumble a line change it up ad lib it i've done it plenty of times do you remember <laughs> our show what happened well with the cart with, yes yes
2: That's yeah. hilarious
0: shout out to joe I... pushing the cart, and it literally just breaks
2: for yeah for those of you who don't know um we had in in our show dance character starbuck rolls into town in a in a wagon um and what our wagon was surprisingly it looked amazing because we had amazing artists work All on right. the set our set our set was great but essentially like it was just it was a garbage cart covered with like a wooden like cover on it and whoever painted it did an amazing job painting it but in the middle of a show i forget what happened did you like lean on it or something i think you leaned on it you stood by it and you like stumbled a little bit you leaned on it and it came completely off the nasty gray like dumpster truck was exposed (laughs) to the
3: audience
2: and i was just like i was sitting there because he's a bit of a con artist and my character was skeptical of him the entire show so i had to like think of something like quick and i was like so that's your wagon huh he's dan goes um yeah i go, see i knew you were hiding something <laughs> and then he goes yeah um i forgot to pay for repairs <laughs> oh
0: my god that was completely I that.
2: ad-libbed and, the and crowd it was perfect loved it.
0: the crowd yes. loved it
2: that's the amazing <laughs> thing about it and then joe takes it off stage He's like fixes excuse it. Me. (laughs)
0: Excuse me. I just gotta take this back to repairs. like, it's so funny. And then he
2: pushes it back on. He he goes, I'll fix. I'll
0: fix. Gotta love Joe. But yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of it. You know, those people that night, Mm -hmm. if the garbage thing never broke again, the next people would never see that they so got right. to
2: experience something another art audience never got to experience which is really amazing
0: yes yeah, it's, it's beautiful in, 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 in that sense.
2: um jesus christ superstar actually one of my good friends um in the middle of the uh temple scene like like, I don't want to say fall because not like he fell on his face, but, like, he leaned too far over the stage and, like, had to hop off the stage oh. <laughs> and then to right back on. Oh, and wow. the people in the front, front row were, like, they were, like, so shocked. But, like, the way he did it, like, they didn't know if it was part of the show. Like, part of the reason he we were so close to the stage, like, we're supposed to be in the audience's face anyway. So, like, it made it work, but it's just, like, those little things, like...
0: Man. Yeah, that's the best part when, can't beat it. when after the show that they, they were like, did you guys mean to do that? And we were like, no, we <laughs> nope. did it. That's, nah, nah. that's a great compliment to yep. give to a person. To yeah. Yep. All right. So sorry.
2: <laughs> oh, the hiccups.
0: So what does your audition process look like? Like when you see a role, you know, or you see a musical or a play and you're like, I want to do that. What do you how do you prepare for that? <sighs>
2: um... It's different. It depends on whether or not it's community theater or if it's like an equity show or like a, like equity meaning professional. Um, equity is a union for theater. For those of you who don't know, like film and TV, uh, they have SAG. So it's the equivalent of SAG just specifically for theater. A lot of people have both memberships. Um, but if I'm going out for like something in New York versus community theater here or like an equity show here, because we do do equity shows in Connecticut. It's a little bit different. Uh, When you're in the city, you don't have as much time to really prepare as I would like, Um, especially if you're doing something that's like a new project, you don't really have much to go on. And when you're in the theater, when you're in um, the city, It's really more so like a numbers game of getting yourself out there and seen as many times as um, possible, Um, as many different people as possible too. But even like the more you get seen by the same people, the more they'll recognize you, which is great. Yeah. Um, But when I am auditioning for a community theater show, and it's a show I've recognized and I know or like heard of but don't know as well i'll do my research i'll look into the show i'll get a feel of what the music is like um try to find a role i resonate with that i want to strive for um and then like you start looking into like if it's a musical um you usually sing one to two um songs 16 bars or 32 bars depending on if it's a ballad or an up-tempo song um usually it's it's one it's one more often these days than two used to be two um, and then if it's a straight show, straight plays they're always different um, I feel like I've always been trained to have a monologue of my own for straight shows but and like like I told you like I don't go out for straight plays as often, they're not as popular as musicals yep, as well so like the few times I did go out for a straight play they usually have you just read from the show that they're doing like sides or um yeah sides from the show but yeah it's a it's a little bit of a of a project at least for me that's the way I like to do it I'm sure there are people who just hop into it but I like to do as much research as I possibly can
0: yeah I feel like that's important mm-hmm. for anything especially going into a, a role now can you read music like do you like see a, a sheet of music and you're able to like pick out the notes and sing them or do you go by ear mostly um
2: i've been told and like tried to be taught a couple times how to sight read which is like not necessarily like having perfect pitch and reading a music and singing like oh this is a c so i'll sing a c but like giving like a starting a starting note and going off of the music based off of intervals i'm not good at that at all um but i've taught myself a couple times how to read music in a very basic sense and each time like I always stop and then forget and have to reteach myself yep, so I have a very general like understanding of how to read music but not so much to the point that it really helps me if I had to do something cold at an audition cold meaning like you're not prepared for it
0: gotcha but. have you ever had an audition like that or like what's been like the toughest audition what what does that hmm. look like I don't
2: know Man, they're all tough for me i'm terrible <laughs> i hate auditioning so much like you'll you'll ask any uh any actor period but especially theater nobody likes auditioning it's the most anxiety-ridden like terrifying nerve-wracking thing like you always second-guess yourself it's you feel super insecure nobody likes it nobody likes it at all um
0: it is nerve-wracking even, even for someone and in, in zion you know how i am you know mm-hmm. like sometimes just very confident open right outspoken auditioning could could really rack your brain mm-hmm. and, and make you think another way absolutely I've auditioned for enough things where and sometimes and sometimes you audition for a role mm-hmm. and you end up getting a, a completely different role has that ever happened to you um
2: I don't get too many roles. I'm not going to lie. Well, <laughs> I, I get mean, yeah. I get a lot of ensemble stuff. But um, so like in the that sense, yeah, I always want to, to play like an ingenue. And I, I'm evidently not an ingenue type. So I always get the ensemble, but I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that happens to everyone. Uh, when I did Grease, I really wanted Rizzo. Um, and I got cast as Cha-Cha. Which, you know, it was a little bit of a blow for me because, like, I say, like, my first love was acting. And when I say that, it was more so, like, TV. But, like, I also said I was singing way before. I even started acting and realized, like, you could sing and act at the same time. So really, like acting was my first love but I'm a singer first so that was a bit of a blow because like I finally got like this was one of my first like roles in a musical since high school and it was the one character who didn't sing so that was very disappointing but I will say that was one of my favorite musicals to do I told you Raids and the Sun was my favorite straight play that I did yeah it was just an amazing time and Grease is such a great show if you do it right it can be very like fluffy and popcorny uh, but if you do it right it can be amazing and uh I loved playing Chacha because she was the dancer and I like, I don't consider myself a dancer. I trained in dancing a little bit, nowhere near as much as I wanted to and needed to, to be considered a dancer in theater.
0: Gotcha, yeah, that's probably different.
2: It was just like, it, in, in a community theater environment where there's not a lot of like really tra- well-trained people, I tend to get cast as a dancer because like, I'm a mover. I, I tell people like if if I were to be asked in like an audition in the city and they'll ask if I have experienced dancer, I would say, I'm an advanced mover <laughs> not a trained dancer. yeah, so like I, you know, I have rhythm, I can I have enough stage presence to make myself seem competent in my dancing, but when it comes down to it, I'm not at all <laughs> but that that was a fun that was a fun like. Uh, Curveball for me to get that role, so yeah. and and that's one of the great things about it is like you could get something completely opposite of what you want and be really disappointed, but still end up having an amazing time doing it.
0: Yeah, you just kind of kind of make the best out of it.
2: Mhm.
0: I, I was in Greece in eighth grade.
2: Really? Yeah. That's it, awesome.
0: I was first. I was just one of the regular greasers. Mhm. And then my my friend, uh, I wasn't friends with him at the time, but Brandon. He was Danny. Oh, I
2: thought you were going to say you were Danny.
0: No, okay. no, but Danny's get good. this. He quit. Oh. Dante, who... I know I know, da- I know sure of you know Dante. Dante,
3: yeah.
0: Um, he got casted as Danny. Mm. I got bumped up to Kaniki. Mm. For whatever He's reason, I still don't even know the reason to this day, Dante said, I don't want to do Danny. And I was like, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then... <laughs> I was Danny. He was still Kiniki. So oh, I just okay. I love performing. I I think right right you're now you're good at it. Thank you. you I appreciate you really it. are right now where I am. I don't really see you know like acting and and singing, especially not singing. Singing. I would have to get trained for that because mm. I don't have a naturally good voice.
2: I feel like I remember you being a, a good singer.
0: It's just when, it when, a it's, while my, ago, but... when it's my range, mm. I can I can do it right because I know how to mm. project. I know how to use my diaphragm. Gotcha. I, I've always learned how to do that. I've been playing flu ever since I was in third grade. Mm. So, so you're con- great
2: with breath control. That's one of my <laughs> many weaknesses when it comes to singing, unfortunately. So Yeah, as long hard. as I
0: stay in my lane, I can sing. But mm-hmm. when it comes to like hitting different pitches and Mm. and going higher. Yeah. That's something I would need to to train my vocal cords for.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it, it really is just like people always say like, and in a way, like I get it, like singing is this amazing thing that you're born with, but really it's not really your voice is a muscle, just like everything else. It's all about training it. And yes, there might be certain things that your body isn't designed to do, but for the most part, like you can train yourself to do, most, if not all, of the stuff that you need to do to be considered a good singer. So, absolutely, I think you could absolutely do it if you decide that that's something you want to invest time in. But at the same time, you don't have to like that. That's why community theater is so great because it's available for people who are still passionate about it, but it's not their life's passion, and it, it's still amazing. Like I, some I, I just feel. I don't know if I could say this because obviously I'm not sitting down in the uh, audience watching the shows I'm in, <laughs> but based off of feedback, like our community theater shows are still really amazing shows. Like people compare them to the shows they see in Broadway all the time, you know? So. Yeah, I've seen some
0: really solid stuff. Yeah. My I was going to say, balance. like,
1: I haven't seen, a, I've, I've only seen maybe three or four plays, but I have never seen a bad play or like a play where I'm just like, oh, this isn't like, yeah, you know, I, I, and I wouldn't you can't compare to Broadway but at the same time you almost kind of can. They're doing the same thing. Like they're doing the same thing on a smaller scale but the production is still like amazing. Right. 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 So. (laughs) And another way
2: it can also be like community theater can provide something that Broadway can't. Right. When you have intimate spaces especially black boxes it can resonate with an audience a lot better than any big show.
1: I remember I told you I saw chorus line right oh that's at right you Cabaret. were telling me that well oh, i freaking love that that was like
2: at, um downtown cover
1: yeah yeah in
2: oh oh that's right that's right all my friends were in that i yeah. wanted to oh, be not really? so bad oh yeah. okay I all love my that friends show. everton
1: yeah. uh maddie
2: bonnie right they did uh chorus line twice they did it at um Downtown Cab, and they did it again a couple years after at Thomas and House. Oh, okay,
1: man, I would, I would legit pay to see that show again, <laughs> right? And I've seen Lion King, mm-hmm. and I loved it.
2: Lion King was my first Broadway show that I've ever seen. It was oh, my okay. senior yeah, year yeah, me high too. school. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an amazing show. It I for highly sure is. recommend. Yes. That's it, a it great really is. first Broadway musical for anybody <laughs> exactly. who has not seen a Broadway show and they want to. Right, absolutely start with The Lion King. Yeah. It, it's amazing. The Lion
1: King was, was amazing production, d- d- dancing, the lights, monkeys, sitting, yeah. singing. I mean, performances. Puppetry, it was all great. The, the, the lighting, puppetry. Oh, yeah. The, the puppetry. Set, yeah. All of it was And that's genius. something you don't get
2: in theater a lot. Like, there, it, it's kind of like a niche within the genre of theater of right. having, like, puppets. Yeah. But, and, and it's like, you know, you have Avenue Q, which is like Muppets. But then, yeah. like, Lion King is its own thing because these are, like, they're only puppets in the most general sense of the word right. they really are in some cases like machines yeah, attached to these people's bodies and the way oh, that yeah. they move oh it's they're a... huge <laughs> you just, i can't explain it you just gotta right. see it. you gotta be there yeah. Yeah.
0: i've never there. i've never seen the lion king musical so mm.
1: which ones think... have you seen
0: um the only one i've seen on broadway was hamilton well what, have, um, what
1: plays have you seen in general
0: um not too many i've seen the bronx tale a couple times mm, okay I've oh.
2: s- i haven't seen that but the the soundtrack of that is really cool yes it
0: was i saw that at the palace it was really good because mm. i was a big fan of the movie mm. my, my dad introduced me to the movie growing up nice and me and my mom had an opportunity to go see it for mother's or er, for her birthday last year so nice. i took her to go see it and I loved it so. yeah okay. yeah um other than that i've seen aladdin oh, oh. i fe-
2: on broadway aladdin. yes oh i that was one i wanted to see but i didn't get a chance to aladdin. see oh also-
1: huh. okay yeah, so i've seen aladdin Hamilton. yes
0: yeah i've seen both of those on broadway and nice. then bronx tail off and then other than that i've just pretty much watched the shows that i've been in right mm-hmm. like i saw aladdin jr pretty much because i was the peddler in sixth grade mm-hmm. which didn't really do anything after that so i played much just watched it yeah, <laughs> it was in the chorus I love, I love it and then eighth grade it was oh, we did like a smorgasbord of different ones i forgot what it was called though um it was like uh, can i have some more what is that called <laughs> oliver twist oliver yeah yeah <laughs> oliver oh i saw that and then grease nice but I would love to go see more. Yeah,
1: I want to see more too. So I hope, <laughs> I hope the theater industry kind of gets back on their feet.
2: I think it's it's hard because it's taking such a hit financially.
1: Right, I've seen th- circuses back
2: really yeah that's weird
1: unless it was just like for for a movie or a show but it i could have sworn and...
2: different though because it's not so at least for the actors and performers standpoint because like with theater like you have people playing love interests and stuff all oh, like right that and they're touching and, well
1: i mean yeah but again movies tv shows they're right. all very intimate right you know but those mean?
2: are it's a small it's a more controlled environment i see you know okay uh, and like yeah with theater like you're doing eight shows a week um You can test people, um, but it's not like you're working on a show for like three or four months and you Mm -hmm. can just test every single day that you're on set and you're all set. It's like you're doing eight shows a week and then for like... People's contract can be a gear two years, three yeah, years, and okay. like they they have their own outside lives and right. to grocery stores and things like that. But also because like theater, there's a lot of spitting involved in theater. Mm. I don't know if for the if you've seen Hamilton on oh, Disney Plus, yeah.
0: Jonathan <laughs> Groff is amazing. Was King George, but
2: he's like I'm surprised they did not give his saliva credit at the end of the show because that's that
1: man was putting out that... fires with, with the way he was <laughs> and it playing. happens
2: because. I actually saw Hamilton on Broadway. I was fortunate enough the to- The original cast? Not the original oh. cast, unfortunately. But I won the lotto oh. for that. Oh, so you got well, the $10 ticket? I got the $10 right, ticket.
0: Well, at least you paid $10. I paid- <laughs> god i paid like three hundred dollars for just is, my ticket and
2: it's crazy because like i tell you i told you like i always try to see a show on lottery or student rush whenever i'm in the city and at that time i was um doing a bunch of auditions i think i did like maybe two weeks where i went in and out of the city as much as i could audition for a bunch of different stuff um that particular day i was auditioning for another production of a raisin in the sun i didn't get it, but whatever um i did a lot of running around that day too it was like psh, 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 it's crazy. It's like really like I had to plan everything out perfectly. But um usually with student rush, a few years back, if you won a student rush, it would be like 35 bucks. But now, like before COVID happened, it would be like your lottery ticket, your student rush ticket, your discounted ticket is still 45, 55 bucks. That's Ooh. still a lot for people. Yeah. 35 dollars is different, yeah. you know, and, and like Land Manuel Miranda i swear to god like he's he's a god i think he's one of the biggest geniuses of our generation yeah, like don't get me started i still can't
1: believe he wrote the whole entire His
2: brain is just wired amazing. completely different amazing i could speak for days <laughs> about the way yeah. he like laid out his lyrics like it's insane. exactly but the fact that he did his um lottery for ten dollars is amazing it's insane and like i get it's like it's part of a theme like hamilton's on the ten dollar bill but it's still like and he's making plenty of yeah he's making like amazing money but um yeah so i saw that i ended up being in the first row which mind you isn't always the best seat right uh but you know I was just happy I was seeing it at all. I was in the front row, and I was literally the last um, seat in the mezzanine, which is the center. Mm-hmm. Um, most of yeah, the that's seats. A, that's where I was too. Um, so, um, very first seat, and then like literally looking up at like these amazing dancers and performers. Oh, and the, the thing with the Hamilton is, <laughs> ooh, yes, the thing with Hamilton is, is that like. This is coming from somebody who. What year did Hamilton come out? It was like 2015. 2015. This is coming from somebody who knew about this show since 2009, well before wow. like the cast came. The cast album came out well before it opened, because our um, actually it wasn't even a theater class because I took my theater class with Mr. Collins my senior year. It wasn't my theater class that introduced me to it, but my history teacher um played this for for our class and it was the opening number and at that time it was only a mixtape a concept of yeah, a show it, what did he perform
0: at the white house at the white house yep i have never seen that
2: crazy at God, that time involved. At that time, I didn't know about In the Heights because, and the only reason why is, like, I knew it was going to be amazing. But my Spanish class was having a field trip to see the show. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to go because I was going on a different trip and it was very expensive. So I didn't want to get into it and, like, get into the show and fall in love with it, knowing that I could have seen it and that I wasn't going to be able to. So I didn't know about him before that point. But even still, like... I learned every single lyric to that opening number back in 2009. Every single lyric to that show. I am very well acclimated with every single lyric in this show and there's a (laughs) lot of lyrics in this show oh yeah the album has like i think two discs like i listen i stream it so i don't know but i think there's two discs like
0: two discs for both acts and and... it's
2: it's a rock opera technically which in like musical theater doesn't necessarily mean rock music it it just just means, means that
0: it's all it's an
2: opera really it's the opera that like
0: yeah, it's qualifies the
2: word which means everything is either spoken sung or in this case wrapped to yeah. music yeah. there's not a single like line right or monologue in no, the
1: which, show. I, which is no my monologue. favorite part i yeah. didn't all think i would like that yeah a lot wow. of it's
2: not for everybody a lot of people can't handle that right um
0: but it's but, with this style of music it, that makes it so enjoyable exactly a lot of You know, he takes a lot of inspiration from hip-hop and Mm -hmm. their flair, and it just makes it so enjoyable to watch. I agree.
2: But the thing you don't understand is, like, even for some people who are very well acclimated with the music, you don't realize until you're there in person how much of, like, an ensemble show it is. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, from performer standpoints, when you do shows, it's always, like, oh, I wish I was the lead. Well, it's not always. Some people don't want to be the lead. But there's, there's always a longing to, like, have, like, You know, a certain amount of songs within a show because or be a certain character because they have this um, this much stage time. You know, it isn't always like that, but in general. But the beautiful thing about certain shows like things like Rent is that it's an ensemble show. There isn't technically like a lead character Uh. in the show. And I would honestly say that Hamilton doesn't really have a lead character. Like right. people are gonna think I'm crazy. The name of the show is Hamilton. Right. But also, if you think about, there are so many theories about theater. But there are theories about like the ending, like Eliza's gas. Yeah. And people saying like the show is called Hamilton. It's not necessarily about just Hamilton. It could be about Eliza too.
0: Yeah. But even when he, Aaron Burr is a, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. know, he a pretty has, prevalent character he, in the show.
2: He won the Tony, and I think that speaks. A lot to his his role in the show too yeah. but when you see it you see like how much like the entire it's not just one person or even just the lead cast that carries the show it's everybody right it really is and when you see um 1776 mm-hmm. which is a number like honestly out of all the songs on the album, it isn't a number like that stuck to, uh, that stuck with me. That was my favorite, until I saw it in person, and I'm like, whoa! <laughs> it like shakes you to the core. Like the music, the choreography, the right. staging, like the set. I, when they did bows, okay? I was ugly crying, literally ugly crying. And there's this really cute like Asian dancer in the show who like I would see all the time and he was standing right in front of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's probably looking at me like <laughs> I'm a psycho, but Crazy. I'm ugly crying. And it had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that like the show gets a little sad because like I knew that was gonna happen.
0: Yeah. Especially at the that that closing number, oh like it just, it just reminds me of it's gonna be it's very memorable like Mm -hmm. it's something that's gonna stick with you for a long time and
2: it's like it's just everybody knows it's a monumental show like just like politics wise too because you know i was standing there watching like i have an asian american and a uh, caucasian and a hispanic american and african americans and all kinds of colors of people Bowing in front of me, and like I said, like it's an ensemble show, so there's not like you know, with most bows, like they'll have the ensemble bow and then they'll have like the supporting roles come yeah, out, come and out
0: together, leads and... will
2: come out last, oh. and they'll get the biggest applause. And mm-hmm. like everybody's like, oh, they're the leads, and then the company will bow again together. Like, no, they didn't do that. Everybody was standing up against the edge of the stage, they all bowed at the same time, and that just like it made such an impact yeah. i was just like this was exactly how theater <laughs> should be it was uh, it was emotional uh, i, <laughs> I was imagine. a hot mess
1: i want to experience that
0: yeah and even just like even theater in general you know you everyone always hears about theater but until you actually go experience it it's for yourself mm-hmm. it's like yeah you, you can only you can only know so much right <laughs> and it's
2: different for everyone too yeah i'm sure absolutely
0: all right so unfortunately i have to leave uh-uh. to go to work so mm-hmm. zeon you want to close out the interview with the last question that you had.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can do that for you.
0: Awesome. <laughs> I have to go to work. Okay. Unfortunately. So thank you guys. I'm, I'm taking my leave. Um, I'll probably record a, an outro for this. If Zion doesn't want to do it, if he does want to do it, great job, Zion. <laughs> <Teach> <laughs> what do you want me to do for the teaches, outro? <laughs> yeah. Do whatever you want.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. See you. All right, cool. And we're back. Hey. All right. So for the last question, um, you kind of touched on it earlier, but we were just a little curious. Um, what are the hardest challenges as a black woman in the theater industry?
2: Oh, you say (laughs) the biggest (laughs) question for last. Yeah, man. It's, it's wild. It really is. And just in general, being a black person, everything is so much harder, you know, and even more so for black women. Um, you know, you have to be, you have to work like twice as hard for half of the recognition, they say. Mm-hmm. And it really is true. Um, I'm just very grateful that with the pandemic and with the Black Lives Matter movement, that theater really like caught on. And there is a big movement in like listening to, they call it biopop, um, being, um, I th- believe it's biracial, indigenous people of color mm-hmm. in the theater industry so there is a big uh, movement for like being allies and like the industries casting industries and directors like being aware of the the behaviors um that they might have that contribute to the systemic racism that exists within the theater community right but you know it, it it's there it's always been there and it's really difficult because and this isn't just for theater, but it's for everything. But even especially in theater, you're in an environment where you need to be told, like, you should just, this sounds harsh, but you should just be grateful that you're here. Wow. You know, and it's not necessarily in those exact words, but, you know, we're, we're made to feel like, like we, we can't really complain. Right. And like, in a sense, like, yeah, like I... I am grateful that I do book a lot of shows, you know, like I should be grateful to be in ensembles and I am grateful to be in ensembles because I realize I don't have to be. I realize there are people who don't have that much success even in that scale. But at the same time, I also deserve to want to be recognized as being able to do something more. And I've always been cautious about like being outspoken about that because of that. I feel like people will like silently judge you and be like well you're in the show so what's the problem type deal and like things like that can be so toxic you know like even just like being in the serving industry and not necessarily theater i remember like i'm very tongue-in-cheek like sarcastic person so i think i was talking about like some some restaurant that somebody else got into that i didn't um or it was like i don't think i i Um, Applied, but it was like a little pretentious, not super pretentious. So I was just like, they don't want my black behind, blah, 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 joking around, but like Mm -hmm. kind of being serious. And then my friend was like, oh, stop. You know, and like around that time, I was not as confident. I was not as like self-aware or as active um, activist wise. But I look back on that situation and think about like, no, I don't have to stop. And you as a white man, don't get to tell me or make me feel invalid or feel like i'm not actually experiencing racism Mm -hmm. because you don't understand it
1: right there's it's funny because uh 2020 i feel like has opened the eyes for a lot of people Mm -hmm. not only for uh it not only in terms of uh you know Everyone kind of realizing who's racist and and who's not, or what's racist and what's what not. Exactly, but is in, racism. Yes. Exactly in terms of, but more in terms of, uh, oh, like I've actually have experienced racism, right. um, but I just didn't realize right. at the time, right. and I didn't realize how to handle it. Twenty twenty, I feel like has, uh, again opened the eyes and the doors for people to, uh, kind of look back at those times and then realize, all right that, that certainly was uh, something I would not appreciate happening again. Right. You know, uh, if it does, here's how, how I'm going to handle it. Plus, uh, the industry such as, you know, theater acting, um, you know, modeling is, is big in terms of Mm -hmm. of being a little bit more biased towards, um, non-people of color. Yeah. Uh, they obviously have to make some type of, uh, move or decision to, make everything more inclusive Mm -hmm. Uh, and it sucks because why did it take this long and i I feel like we're still we're still nowhere near the results we should be absolutely not. no but
2: and it's just it is different too because like it's different being uh a, an ally and thinking back on like things you've witnessed that exactly. might have been racist exactly without realizing it right and being a black and brown person who is looking back on something that they didn't realize was racist and right. they're like oh this actually was a racist situation like in in ways it's a lot more traumatic because like I was very much the type of person who believes, like, growing up, I didn't experience a lot of racism. Yeah. But a lot of times it was like conditioning, like I told you before, like, oh, stop it. Right. Oh,
1: yeah. Don't be exactly. That like, they're, they're, how do yeah, you say it? They're victim blaming. Victim blaming, almost. making you think like you're, that you're just, or you should be grateful, it. like, for the stuff yeah. that you
2: have. And it's just like a, a part of being a black person woman in this area black and indigenous woman in this area is like and i'm still learning to be okay with this is being okay and like speaking up when i feel like something isn't right without feeling like i'm gonna be judged for it right and they're like there are so many different forms of it too and not all of it may be like intentional like Mm -hmm. as far as theater goes and me wanting to play more of a role in theater than i do I recognize the fact that you know I'm not as good as I want to be Mm -hmm. Um, I also don't have as much confidence as like my friends have in me so part of it might just be self-esteem also but I know I struggle with a lot of stuff that like you know I feel um, resentful towards a lot of things in my childhood that I wasn't able to train like I needed to and like I worry that it may be too late for me Mm -hmm. but you know, like, so when I don't get these roles, a lot of it is like me feeling untalented, which is also another way it's kind of toxic, like right for sure. speaking out on racism in the industry. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that I'm not as talented as I want to be is another sense of the systemic racism in the system.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I grew up and I knew I wanted to do theater like all this time and I didn't have exposure to it. When I did have exposure to it, I didn't have exposure to you know, the trainings, the workshops, the private coaches that yeah. many of the, the the young kids who are now younger than me and studying theater in college had, mm-hmm. you know, and if I did find a lesson somewhere or someplace that was close enough, mm-hmm. my family didn't have the money to invest in it. Right. That all plays a role in it. Exactly. You know, it's not just necessarily number- like, I'm talented and I deserve this role.
1: And a lot of people don't realize that, which is sad.
2: But then if you like, like I said, you, you, you feel this way, like you want to play a bigger role and people will probably like play on the role, like, you know, like they were better for the role because they were more talented and they'll like kind of like use that against you. And that'll make you like second guess yourself and sometimes think you're less talented than you actually are. Mm -hmm. You're like, there's an innate feeling like maybe I didn't get this role. Maybe intentionally because they don't want a black person to be in there or maybe unintentionally right. just because that's, this character was never played by a brown body before. But then your environment in the situation forces you to tell yourself, oh, actually, maybe I'm just not as good exactly. as I think. I Right.
1: Am. And the, it's crazy because they don't think that, you know, black people or people of color have to ask them have to ask themselves these questions mm-hmm. right everyone kind of overlook everyone kind of overlooks that mm-hmm. which is you know again it's toxic within itself
2: right right
1: and that that kind of you know it i don't really know how else to say it other than it, it's just i don't know it's it's sad honestly it's uh, like damned
2: if you do damned if you don't almost yeah and it it, it kind of just it keeps us silent and that's part of the reason why we're still at this point like you said before how did it take that long right oh it's the systemic racism with you know like their their knees in our back or their their foot on our back on our necks that made allowed it to still continue to this point right you know there's a lot of like psychological like mind tricks that that play into it Right. It really is, and it's just—it's gonna take so much work to get through. It's not as simple as just like not being racist, you know. <laughs> It—it's it, 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 not as simple as you know, it's like gonna
1: take a lot more effort
2: casting brown people, you exactly. know. Exactly,
1: it's, it's that's that's literally just like spitting in our face. Like, all right, you wanted this, all right, here right, have it. Right, like that's right. not what we want, really. And
2: there is like some I, I've followed a lot of like Instagrams that are like for like. You know black broadway or you know like uh, yeah. equality in theater and things like that the black activism in theater pages like that and they've been posting no we don't want another giveaway from you guys we want to be recognized and given exactly. our our due right and we want the same opportunities as you and that's not just necessarily like being cast and stuff it's being paid equally Mm -hmm. um a lot of brown black and brown people are when they are cast in like professional shows national tours broadway Mm -hmm. they're usually the swings Mm -hmm. or the alternates Mm -hmm. you know like they're they aren't like the permanent roles on broadway um one of my favorite regina george's from mean girls the musical is ashley de la rosa and like i always wanted to like i told myself like that would be really cool if i would be the first black Regina George. Mm-hmm. And then I saw like her performance on YouTube. It's not supposed to be up there. That <laughs> um, I was like, wow, there was a black Regina George. That's amazing. Like that means like I have a chance. I could play this role like they're, they're open to it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like she was only playing that one time because the person who plays the main Regina George had a day off or was sick. She oh, was wow. the alternate, yeah. you know, and that like eats away at the community as well. Right. Um, and it's just like, you don't realize these things. Like, I didn't realize these things at first as long as I've been in theater. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is like you trying to convince yourself, like, it has to be some other reason or it's not actually like this, or just not being in the environment of professional actors to really see. Right. There was this, um, um, I believe it was a writer, and I really believe it was the first thing I saw in the theater, like, activism, equality movement. Um, But I feel like it might have really sparked it all, too, because the theater community was largely silent when George Floyd was murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, He put out um, a video and just is a bit of like a spoken word poem, but not really. Uh, But he kept saying like, Broadway is racist. And, like, you went on to explain each and every, like, situation he has encountered. Mm-hmm. And a part of that was, like, a part of my experience with that, with that was, like, oh, that's kind of, like, when this happened. Oh, so, wait a minute. Maybe it wasn't the fact that I feel like I'm the, this wildly untalented person. Right. Because other people are dealing with this, too, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, it's wild. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. Really?
1: Um, it, it certainly is sad. And like you said, it's not all about it's not just about like, oh, we're going to be casting more brown people mm-hmm. um, again. It's about having the same opportunities and uh, just being seen as just being seen. That's mm-hmm. it, literally mm-hmm. just being seen and recognized for the talent as opposed to, right. you know, the color.
2: But it's not even skin. just necessarily that, too. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like I said, having access to the resources. Yes. You know, like having having the lessons, having a direct pipeline for the arts in black and brown communities and high schools. A lot of black and brown high schools don't have a theater department. They I have an art department. I certainly didn't. <laughs> right, exactly. And, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't know. I feel like we're, we're conditioned even even in the sense when it comes to theater, a lot of people feel like when it comes to black and brown people in theater, but especially like sports, as far as white supremacy goes, it's like we can only see ourselves when we are successful as athletes and rappers and Mm -hmm. singers and a little bit in theater, but not as much as in theater. But it's just... Not having access to those things, also without realizing that access is possible and very, very abundant in other communities, it leads to a self esteem within our communities that deter like the members of our communities from wanting these same things absolutely or even just people who may not even realize that it's something they may want to do because they it, don't have access
1: exactly exactly yeah mm-hmm. I, I i definitely understand that yeah. and
2: it was wild it was so frustrating especially like i said growing up like i knew i wanted to do this so bad i had no idea how to get involved mm-hmm. but and it I seems
1: would, you've uh kind of pushed through and and were Uh, how do you say resilient right
2: thank you i appreciate for sure yeah i definitely you know i did what i can and you know like i i love my parents so much because i know they did what they can um but i know they couldn't do much right and it's like a part of me it's like not that it had anything to do with them but like a part of me wishes i was born into a family that had money that could like relocate to la or Mm -hmm. theaters. yeah yeah like and who knows like if i had if I had those like opportunities, mm-hmm. who knows where I would be? You know, if I had the chance to st- take voice lessons since I was like five years old, I might be singing like Ariana Grande. Right. I might've been on <laughs> Broadway five or six times, yeah, yeah, you know? And it's just like, it, it, it can't always be just about like, you know, like it, it sounds kind of petty, but just like praising people like Ariana Grande or like I've seen other people praise this one kid who played uh, Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway and he was like really young. He was like 16, still in high school taking AP classes and college courses and stuff. And like yeah, those those are great and I think like they should be recognized like Ariana Grande. I know she I love her. Mm-hmm. I know she works her butt off too. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't mess, she could have easily just been handed things and just taken it, but I know like she worked hard to where she was. But also, at the same time, we do have to recognize that they had so many more opportunities than a brown person would have to get to where they were. Absolutely.
1: And again, a lot of people don't realize that and they think, oh, uh, uh, a term that I've heard some white people use is like, oh, well, you shouldn't have. Like, oh, you should have tried harder. Oh, you should have done right. this, that. It's right.
2: like. And that, and that's, oh, that's I hate that exactly. so much. Exactly,
1: like, that's a part of the problem. Like, right. we would have, but we don't have the same opportunities. There's this
2: stigma that, you know, like, if you try hard enough, you can do anything. And yes, right. you can, absolutely but it's not like black and white. Some people will work harder than certain people ever mm-hmm. will in their life and not get there. Mm-hmm. I, I've had people say that to me about my experience with college. I to college for a year and then my funding got pulled and i was not able to go back Mm -hmm. and like a lot of people when they talk about their college experience they almost talk down on people who don't go to college and then right. i'll step in and i'll be like hey this is great i'm so glad that this worked for you mm-hmm. and i'm so glad that you worked hard to get to this point right. but you do have to recognize that there are people who work just as hard of you as you if not harder and still weren't able to make the same accomplishments it, 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 right and that's know... not okay for you to make it seem like people who aren't where you are just didn't
1: work hard exactly. enough. exactly i know a lot of people that went to or are still in college and still like are struggling and don't have the means to do uh don't have the means to or access to things that you know right certain people might have access to right and they still work very hard and and do the best they can right absolutely so i don't think it's it's all about college
2: right oh absolutely i don't believe that either right you know like i'm the type of person who believes like yeah college can work amazing for certain people and not for others right after the year i spent there and seeing how much debt i was in um without much to show for it i decided that it's not for me and that's okay exactly um but it's also the the fact that we don't talk about the fact that certain people already start like five or six steps ahead right that also contributes exactly to our morale mm-hmm. as the Black and Brown community. Mm-hmm. You know, like as as a young person, not realizing what systemic racism is, not realizing that Ariana Grande already started off rich and had right. a mom who can who fought and had the ability and finances to present her with opportunities, so that mm-hmm. she can work hard to get to her point. Mm-hmm. Understanding that, like a 16-year-old who is on Broadway was able to get there because they were in a neighborhood like that already had an amazing school system or whatever not understanding those things not even knowing that that's something that can exist it can affect people in impoverished like communities and situations about how they feel about themselves like they don't see like the several steps ahead that these people already were and they think oh well if ariana grande was able to do it then that means that there's something wrong with me if I wasn't able to do the same things. Like we definitely, I don't think we should talk down on people's accomplishments, but not acknowledging those things is very hurtful for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's still hurtful for me, you know, like, it sounds crazy, but I compare myself to Ariana Grande all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because like, I'm nowhere near her like range of talent, but like, I wish I was. And even being a grown adult and knowing like that's, we're in completely different situations yeah, that's, that's very
1: toxic yeah um, and
2: it's like it's something i really need to work on but i still like literally today yesterday the past few days yeah. like i've been just doing it like why am i not as successful as her why can't i sing like well her? you
1: I, I think you already know the answers you yeah, just said the answers i do right? but like it and,
2: you know it's still it doesn't it doesn't make you feel any better especially going so long without knowing the answers. Sure. Yeah. Um but and and it's not so much as like if I if we focus on those answers, it'll change anything Ooh. for us. Mm-hmm. But if we start talking about it more, it might inspire the people who have the ability to make those changes for us. Mm-hmm to do that and like a part of it is us you know it it is voting like and i know voting can only go for so far a lot of people feel like it doesn't work and in some ways it probably doesn't some days probably will but the turnover rate before we start seeing results is like too long but it's just i don't know there's just so many things that play a role in the cycle it's just it's so complex it's really insane
1: well again you you've it seems you've done a lot you've come far and i'm sure there's a lot more for you to do as well Thank um what kind of advice do you have to like young black women or black men who maybe want to go into the theater industry or i don't know do something that's usually do something in a predominantly white uh field what kind of advice would you have
2: Um, that's a rough one because you know honestly like i don't even think i do have the answers if i had to start all over again in the same exact situation i don't necessarily know what i'd be able to do differently that would make a change Mm -hmm. you know i know what i could have done differently if i had the opportunity obviously Mm -hmm. um i guess i would just say like if there's something you want to do and you don't see the opportunity to create your own opportunities. Find like family and friends who will want to help you create those opportunities. And I know that was a challenge for me, finding people to create with Mm -hmm. Um, specifically in Waterbury. Oh,
1: yeah. difficult. Yeah. I I would say networking is very important.
2: I don't understand. I don't understand the dynamic within because like I say this all the time, Waterbury has some of the most talented, amazing people. Oh, yeah. But it's so like cutthroat. We're so cutthroat with each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why. Yeah. And we could be working with each other. Um, oh, oh. I was like, is there a bird or something?
1: I no, they think they're the cleaners. Uh, i sure. Okay. So, um, you seem to have been doing, uh, you know, this for a fairly good amount of time in terms of, uh, you know, auditioning and getting roles, and uh, I guess have been in the industry for a while so as a black woman what kind of advice do you have for the you know younger uh, black women and men that are in the industry either you know acting or or modeling singing whatever it is right or people that are in the field that are predominantly white what kind of advice would you have for
2: um I think i will say that it, it, it's difficult because you know like being in this industry so long like i realized the things that kind of held me back but still to this day i don't know that i found a solution for myself like if i had to go back
3: mm-hmm.
2: and redo everything in the same exact situation i was in i don't know if i'd be able to do something that would put me in a different position. I think I would just know the things that I had to do, but I wouldn't necessarily have access to them. So it, it, it's difficult. Um, a lot of it, especially with this industry, it just has to, be, it has to deal with money and who you know. Um, but, you know, if I had to give advice, I'd first of all say. Just if you don't see the opportunity there to create it yourself, you know, if you want to perform, uh, if you want to do theater, if you want to act, you know, like make videos with your friends, like find friends and family members and connect to individuals who will be interested in creating with you. Um, And, you know, be creative, like you could do web series or like podcasts for people who are interested in like interviewing or talking or public speaking, whatever. Uh, there there are so many creative ways that you could try to do something that's different mm. um but also you know like be confident in your identity being a black and a brown person um that that's something that took me a lot of time and i'm still working on but not allowing you know your experience in your field to be invalidated by somebody who doesn't have your experience that's something that you know it turned around and it, it not that it bit me in the butt but it affected me many times in the past so just you know surround yourselves with people who support you and your experience as a black individual whether it be specifically with the craft you're looking towards or just in life in general um And also, you know, like start young, do your research. You know, like I grew up and I didn't have parents that could, you know, relocate to New York or LA and spend like thousands and thousands of dollars on like workshops and lessons. But as a kid, like eight, nine, 10 years old, I was on, you know, the computer researching the things like I needed to do and the things that I needed to know. You know, and like I feel like I knew and I still know to this day everything that I had to do and have in order to be successful in the industry. I just didn't have access to it. So, also, there were some things that I found out as far as just like this is more science wise, like anatomy wise, what you need to be doing to be able to, you know, continue to sing or dance or be flexible as an adult. Um, and I found those things out very late, um, even singing, like there are certain things like you need to break through. Um, and if you do it before puberty, it's a lot easier as your voice develops as like a, an adult. Um, and I found these things out very late. So, you know, a lot of it is timing. If you do your own research as soon as possible, it can help you. Um... But yeah, and I would just say, just don't be afraid to try different things. And also don't be afraid to creatively like apply your passion to something else. If you find yourself struggling to break into a specific field. Mm. For example, you know, like when I was a kid, I um, went to an arts program called CCY. I majored in musical theater um, and there I found out about, like, slam poetry, um, and, you know, slam poetry is really big down the Connecticut scene, which I'm really grateful for, um, but back then I wanted to try to create my own club and my high school for poetry slams, you know, and, like, as a person who, say, you were in a situation where there are no theaters around you whatsoever and you want to perform, you want to speak, um, create your own slam poetry if you're into poetry like that that can be a form of performance that you'd have to think outside the box for um but you can create you know your own theater troops you know there there's just so many ways like combine different things that you're passionate about regardless of if it might make sense for you or to society or not because if it doesn't that just means it's a field you haven't tapped into yet and that can be something that makes you unique so just be ambitious you know try things do things
1: Awesome, awesome. Uh, so overall, uh, what I got from that is to try to create more opportunities for yourself. If you don't see any um, in front of you, you know, right. obviously, uh, try new things. Uh, make I, I would I would say networking overall is a, is definitely something that you should, should start doing. Absolutely. Um, don't be afraid. Take risks and uh, just believe in yourself. Uh, so, you know, I think that's all the questions I have for you today. It was a awesome. pleasure, Likewise. um, learned a lot of things. And I think that, you know, theater so is, is a super fun and, and, uh, ambitious thing. Right. Uh, a lot of people that I've uh, seen in theater are just always like really, um, uh, how do you say, uh, Jesus Christ, like, um, like almost like a free spirit kind of right yeah Um, i can see that i get that you know what i mean in terms of uh they're just i don't know how to say it (laughs) but i'm sure you know what i mean yeah i
2: get i get what you're trying to say yeah
1: so overall you know thank you guys for listening unfortunately dan can't be here for the outro but uh he's here with us in spirit yes uh so Uh, that's it for the chopping it down podcast with my tay and you know we'll see you next week with more good stuff so take care guys bye